There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. This Friday, Showtime premieres the new four-part docuseries, Deadlocked, How America Shaped the Supreme Court. I spoke to acclaimed documentary filmmaker Dawn Porter about her approach to the series and why today's political events aren't normal in the scope of American history. Hey, Dawn Porter. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C. Love being back here. I lived in D.C. for 10 years. Absolutely. And we can talk about that for sure. Uh, We're talking because uh, your new Showtime docuseries premieres this Friday on Showtime and will roll out, I guess, in weekly installments. Um, It's called Deadlocked, How America Shaped the Supreme Court. And yeah, let's dive in sort of with with what you mentioned about your your local ties, your backstory. I know you, you know you went I guess you're from the Bronx area, but you went to Georgetown Law School. So um obviously this this series about the supreme court like was there always a fascination with our legal system but then also i'm sure recent events too in the last you know administration and how it's just drastically shaken up the court uh, i guess are those two things combined to why you wanted to do this now they are exactly combined um so i moved to washington like many people i'm sure in your audience right out of college and i was all like bright eyed and you know, excited about being in the nation's capital and, um, you know, as a young person. And then I, I worked for a couple of years and then I went to Georgetown Law School. I lived on Capitol Hill and I lived on East Capitol Street. So I used to walk past the court, you know, Georgetown Law is, is over by Union Station. And so I used to walk past the court, you know, every day on the way to school. And, you know, every person who lives in the DC metro area um, can attest to, you know, we are lucky to be able to see where all of the decisions affecting our country are made right. and to be reminded of our history on a daily basis. But most people are not, you know, most people don't aren't reminded of the kind of grander and imposing structures. Um, it happens and, in some far off place in their mind. They don't understand yeah, a, a living, breathing yeah. place. That's people making these decisions. Exactly. So the Supreme Court was always that for me. It was a living, breathing place. And I could picture the people inside making decisions. And I would stand in line and hope to get in. I never got in, you know, to see an <laughs> argument because there's, there's no cameras in the court. So, yeah. um, you know, when you think about um, the court's uh, power comes from us. It comes mm-hmm. from the people. It comes from our willingness to obey and abide by decisions. And so, you know, that to your, you know, other point, that's why I wanted to make this to say um, it's our, you know, we need to understand what's happening and how we got here. And so that's why um really happy Showtime gave us four hours to kind of trace that history and talk about where we've been and where we're going and where we are. 
That's awesome. And I want to set this up properly because we have Republican and Democratic listeners of WTOP, of course. Um, so but I wanted to just sort of tee it up like like any sports rivalry. You know, you might be a DC football fan and you hate the Cowboys or Red Sox, Yankees, or Celtics, Lakers, whatever. Heated rivalries. You have your team, but we want fair rules to, you know, we want the same to be playing by the same rules, right? And so for all these years, we've had, you know, uh if a justice dies, they they get replaced. And that's sort of what if a Republican or Democrat's in office, that's sort of how it always has been. So talk about how in recent years that just completely um went out the window when you had you know conservative justice scalia died in what february 2016 during barack obama's term tried to get merrick garland in there but blocked by the republicans oh we can't do it during an election year okay 263 days there were 263 days until the election just suppose that with what happened when donald trump was in office not uh, three appointments gorsuch kavanaugh and then with coney barrett what died in, what was it 20, 23 days we were already voting 23 yeah. days i just think that the juxtaposition is crazy of rbg dying in september and getting rammed through a third one whereas you know they wouldn't even let garland in with almost the whole year before the election well you know because it's a political town i'll start by offending a whole lot of your listeners by saying <laughs> yes i don't like the cowboys like who could <laughs> like the cowboys I mean, hey, I'm I'm with you. I'm we want Dallas RFK Stadium shaking the bleachers, you know. Exactly. I lived near RFK. I felt those bleachers shake. My sister is a Cowboys fan, inexplicably. Wait, did you go to those games? Did you go to the oh, Joe yeah. Gibbs? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. In fact, at the law firm, um, we represented the Washington football team, and uh, I got to go to practice. Uh, sessions, uh, Charlie Casserly, and um, so yeah. But big John Riggins, <laughs> big big uh, Doug Williams, Mark Rippin, the whole all three Super Bowls. You're, you're, you were there for yeah. all of them. I know the song even, but I won't. I'll spare you. We'll so, just say fight for old DC. <laughs> fight for old DC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, you know, um, this is what you're talking about are some of the, the issues that we kind of go through across the series. And, you know, I want to say like, there's a lot of news coming out about the Supreme Court. It feels like almost daily. We are literally a week away from the court beginning its new term. And so you're going to start hearing more and more about the court. And what we wanted to do was something different. We wanted to give you the history so you understand how we got to today. So we start with the Warren Court. We start with that court, um, you know, um, the, the Warren Court is really what most people thought of until today. They thought of the court that gave us Brown v. Board of Education. They thought of the court that gave us Miranda um, warnings, the court that gave us the right to an attorney in Gideon v. Wainwright. So that kind of, and I wanted to start there because we don't have enough good news and we're not remembering right. what the court can do. And we should remember it because it's it's uh, really important and it's unlike anything, any place in the world. And we should be proud of that. So, so that's th that's this week's episode, right? The hearts of men can be changed this Friday when they tune in. Yeah. Do a deeper dive in. in and actually, let's go chronologically through the episode. So episode yeah. one, this is what you're talking about. Loving versus Virginia, Brown versus Board. They're a good marshal. Let's talk, talk about this a little more about what we're going to see this week. You know, um, when you think of the legacy of their good marshal, um, Marshall won 29 of the 32 cases that he argued before the court, before he became a justice. That's right, 29 of 32. He is literally the architect of desegregation in this country. Case by case, Marshall and the lawyers that worked with him continued to um, to, to work with desegregated country. And, and it is the Supreme Court that delivers a lot of those actual decisions. So 
we go really extensively through Marshall's history, how he gets appointed, but what he did, um, you know, before, and then how Lyndon Johnson is determined to, to appoint the first Black justice. Um, what happens is another really important facet of American history, which is Earl Warren is appointed to the Supreme Court. And when I say appointed, I mean appointed. Warren had no confirmation hearing, which is really shocking to most people. Wow. Uh, uh, a justice dies. And so Warren had, Earl Warren was the governor of California. He wasn't even a practicing lawyer. Yeah. And he, he was promised a Supreme Court. Himself. So I guess affirmative action is okay for some people. So, <laughs> Yeah, he, in the in the episode, it's it's uh, Eisenhower like made a promise to him, right? He that he's going to get him. it regardless. He, yeah, he's going to get it, and so the spot that opens up happens to be the spot of the Chief Justice, and so that's the job that he gets. And he goes and he says, you know, and if any of you have worked in D.C., you know, he walks around the Senate office buildings, he shakes hands with the men, and then he gets the job. <laughs> that was his job interview. Different time, clear. man. <laughs> Different time. It wasn't clear that Earl Warren was going to become the liberal, you know, progressive lion that he became. Earl Warren, as governor of California, signed the authorization to intern, you know, uh, uh, Japanese Americans. So the civil rights community was not sure about this guy, Earl Warren, who got the job from Eisenhower, you know, the war, the war president. He regretted that later in life, too. Yeah, every, everyone did regret that. Yeah, everyone knows the Warren Commission about JFK assassination and all that. But I'll, I think a lot of people forget that he was the one there for Brown versus Board and Loving versus Virginia. And then, yeah, and all that. So and all of those cases and all of those cases showed us what the power of the court can do. And not only does he do Brown v. Board, but he assures that Brown v. Board is a nine to zero discussion decision. And so being nine to zero, like what can we think of today that is unanimous? Nothing, uh-huh. right? And so by by assuring that that decision comes down and it is literally unassailable because all of the justices of our highest court have said separate is not is not equal. Right. So we go from that history, um, the Warren Court is working in really turbulent times. And then in episode two, um, President-elect Nixon. Nixon literally campaigns on undoing the Warren court decisions. Mm. And he goes around saying um, the Warren court has moved too quickly, it's gone too far to the left, and he's going to appoint justices that are going to literally roll back the clock. Um, And that's what he does. And he wins, um, largely campaigning, on his efforts to remake the Supreme Court. And uh, remake it, he does, although it doesn't quite work out the way that he thinks. But Richard Nixon gets four appointments to the Supreme Court. Four during his term? Four. Wow. Four. So when you think about that, you know, when people today say, how is this possible that our court is so far right? Well, the the building blocks start way before, you know, way before some of these decisions. So, so that's so that's um, next week's episode the, on the 29th, September 29th. It's that's called a conser- right. conservative revolution. And you're saying it's a backlash to the Warren court and, and Nixon. You said he actually was it, it wasn't just something that happened while he was in office. It was he would ran on that for the voters in that he did 68. You know, Bobby gets killed. Malcolm Martin, they're all all assassinated. JFK a couple years earlier. So the liberal leaders have basically lost all of their leadership at that point. And Nixon's able to get in there on law and order. We've heard that recently. That's exactly right. And, and you know, one of the things that we tried to do in this series is to, to unearth this archive so you can hear and see for yourself 
how people were campaigning, what they were saying, what they were doing. Um, so you hear, you know, kind of the, when Roe v. Wade comes down and Nixon is appalled and he's really angry about the decision. Um, but he does say he supports abortion in some cases. And he says, and we have the audio in the series, for example, when there's a black and a white, he can see that there's a reason for abortions. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, that's why we do documentary is so mm-hmm. that you can see for yourself how people thought, what they said and what they did. But also, like, you know, it's really important. I'm not like a canceler, okay? Like, I don't agree with a lot of what Richard Nixon said, but Richard Nixon also gave us the EPA. Richard Nixon right. also abided by a court. And this is really important to think about, too. When the justices, four of whom who he had appointed, are confronted with the Nixon Watergate tapes, mm-hmm. um, he steps down. And, and Can you so, imagine that today? We're seeing the opposite of that today. We're seeing the opposite of today. And that's a really big point of this. Is this that what we're seeing today in politics is an anomaly. This is the anomaly. Um, this is the time that is out of step with history. Yes. Like before a Richard Nixon, um, you know, any an Al Gore, um, they accept kind yes. of things that they disagree with. Um, even if they feel that they are unfair. And that's how our democracy continues. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So, you know, the other point I want to make about this is this is not a parade of liberal commentators um, trashing the sport. So, uh, you know, we have Ted Olson um, in this series. We have, uh, you know, famed, more conservative, uh, legal, brilliant mind. Um, we have Don Ayers, who was in the Reagan Justice Department, explaining the philosophy mm-hmm. of that Justice Department. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Don Bass, who was a, a court clerk for Scalia, explaining Scalia's opinions and and about how, you know, yep. his opinion about how it's the conservative's turn. So, um but all of the people that we spoke to, regardless of their political, personal political beliefs, they're all concerned about what they're seeing today. Yeah. And so the series is not to critique decisions. It is to say, how are decisions being made? How are appointments going through? And yeah. what can the public do in order to pay attention and to understand what's happening? Um, but so that's episode two. You know, yeah. we, we go into Roe v. Wade. Um, Roe v. Wade was not controversial. It was seven to two. <laughs> and how easy we um, forget that now, yeah. And you know, another really important thing is the evangelicals at the time were not anti-choice. The evangelicals were actually pro-choice. The mm. way that they, you know, we go through the evangelical rise to power and what their objectives were. Evangelicals. Um, what they wanted to do, and Jerry Falwell very capably does, is align with Catholic voters in order to, um, what he really wanted was to preserve tax exemption for segregated schools, because that's what the evangelical Liberty University 
had a really discriminatory policy. So he and the government had taken away tax exemption, and he didn't like that. So he said, well, if we align with the Catholics, whose whose issue is abortion, and evangelicals, Uh you know, who want to keep their own religious schools, then we have a really powerful voting bloc. And Uh who are we going to support? Hmm, Instead of supporting the actual evangelical uh, uh, minister, Jimmy Carter, they decided to support the divorced actor, Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. And so wow. the evangelicals and that conservative voting bloc pushes to get Ronald Reagan um, elected. He wow. too campaigns on the Supreme Court. On undoing, so, on undoing, and undoing decisions that they didn't like, like yeah. not supporting uh, tax exemption for yeah. religious schools. And so, you know, when people think today that the court is much more political than it has ever been. Yeah. Of course, it's always been political. It's a political system that elects right. the court. We have a president in power. That person gets to choose the nominations. The Senate that's elected gets to, to approve the nomination. So it's a political system. But what's different today is we're getting much more political results. And that is a big difference um, right. from our, our past history. It is a political, like what we keep returning to. It's like in our sports analogy, the 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 referees are starting to you know side with one team more often. We want the justice system in the Supreme Court supposed to be that neutral arbiter that we can all hopefully rely you know rely on for these these decisions. And uh, you know, and while our political squabbling goes back and forth down here on a lower level, the Supreme Court's supposed to be on high as this non biased thing, uh, you know. But um, all right, well, I know we're short on time, um, but take me really quick in to you know episode three and four so episode three the rule of five comes on october 6th where this is what like the 90s bush v gore 9 9 11 era bush v gore yeah so you know in the next two episodes um i think some of the the things that i'd really love people to focus on are the rise of the federal society and how the federal society has come to become uh the entity that uh grooms and delivers justices so we have three justices today who are products of the federal society. Um, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, um, and uh, uh, Gorsuch. So, um, and we have Justice you know, Roberts. We have all these guys. Um, it's so interesting. Like when we were looking back at Bush v. Gore, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, um, uh, and Justice Roberts all were down looking uh, to get uh, President Bush elected. So is that illegal? No. Is it unethical? No. Is it interesting? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when people say they don't have political, you know, yeah. affiliations. But um, I, I think what we're seeing today is uh, President, when he was President Trump, literally hands over his uh, decisions about who's going over to the court to the federal society, and they very determinedly pick people who they think are going to um, do things like roll back the administrative state. And so you start to get decisions like we had recently that the EPA can't make rules to govern our clean air and water. You have decisions um, like overturning Roe v. Wade. The justices didn't need to overturn that decision to evaluate the Mississippi ban with this 15 weeks. They could have just said the whole phase. And that's what Justice Roberts, Justice Roberts, no flaming wiggle, says we don't need to do that. And yet the justices reach back in order to dismantle Roe v. Wade. So, you know, when you, uh, where we started, you and I, in this conversation about the difference between 
the replacement for Scalia and the replacement for RBG. Um, you know, what we saw there, and you'll see in the series, um, that the Justice Supreme Court confirmation process got really political after Robert Bork was not confirmed. Mm-hmm. And after that happened, the Republicans were very, very angry. And Mitch McConnell takes to the well of the Senate and he says, you're not going to confirm this person. But basically, he says, I won't confirm any more liberal Democrats either. And that's exactly what we see. He made good on that promise. So, you know, I hope folks will get kind of a, a you know, travel through time and they will, um, you know, understand that our, our history needs to be repeated if we do not, um, if we do not understand it. Wow. Yes. And a lot of that stuff you're mentioning is crisis of legitimacy episode four on October 13th. So it's going to be four great weeks to to check out and learn all your history. And again, folks, um, th- this is Don Porter we're talking about. We're talking about AFI Docs Guggenheim Symposiums, Don Porter. We're talking Gideon's Army and Trapped and Bobby Kennedy president. And what is it? John Lewis, good trouble the way I see it. And then one that blew my mind was Rise Again, Tulsa in the Red Summer. I mean, you st- talk about stuff I was never taught in school. And then you're you're teaching all of us i rural maryland growing up i didn't know about any of this stuff and it's blowing my mind so it's calling us all to action keep up the great work um i I really appreciate you joining us Uh, it's called deadlocked how america shaped the the supreme court this friday on showtime thanks so much for your great work keep it up thanks i love being here and of course i love being home fight for all dc (laughs) see ya thank you thank you Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.